Hello, everybody. Hey, so three weeks ago, I launched a group called the Mentor Network Jam. We have 16 young professionals in this group, and we're getting together weekly to hear from a different featured guest who's an accomplished entrepreneur, uh, podcaster, uh, producer. We have a lot of different people that we're bringing on every week, and it's an opportunity for everyone in the group to not only network with each other, but ask questions of people who are far more accomplished than themselves. And it's been a really cool journey. We have our second guest joining us later today, but I wanted to share this with you guys. This is our very first guest from last week. Her name is Kate McKay, and Kate is a fitness and business coach. And she just dropped so many golden nuggets in this in this uh, uh, interview that we had that I really thought that it could be shared with all of you. Um, so this is the longest podcast we're going to publish. It's not really a get after it podcast. It's really more of us as young professionals asking Kate, a very accomplished um, person, and I'll give her bio in a second. I kind of ramble at some points in this call, uh, so I'm going to apologize for it overall, overall, but I think this is a great piece of audio, so I hope you give it a listen. It's about an hour long. Uh, there's some great snippets in here. Stick with it, and uh, I would love to get your feedback. So without further ado, I wasn't planning on publishing this at first, but then I thought, you know what, what is the point not to? There was some great value in here. I hope you guys enjoy this. Please let me know what you think of it. And without further ado, here's our group. But Kate McKay, I got a chance to meet her and worked with her for the last four or five months, I would say, this about six months. And what always, always happens with Kate is that she brings energy she is. Uh, she strikes me as very disciplined, and her approach is all about the betterment of somebody else. She really believes in the people she works with, which is, I, I think, like just the coolest thing from working with Kate. It's like, I don't know how you could be around this person without believing in yourself in an infinity, infinity amount, because it's like, in my limited time around her, it's like, Aaron, what, what are you doing? Yeah, get that done. No, you can do that. This is so easy. <laughs> like, it's so fast-paced, and she wants to get stuff done. So, uh, Kate, I, uh, I'm so stoked to have you on. She's an author, a best-selling author. She just released her new podcast, Survive to Thrive, which I uh, put the link in the Facebook. Um, Kate, I don't know if the podcast is published. I put the pod, uh, I put the link to the YouTubes up. Yeah. I know that the podcast just Yeah, so the podcast your- is, it's live on iTunes, Aaron. Um, I just need to get, you know, um, my, the person that's helped me launch it said to get 50 subscribers and then start dropping in. So, you know, in the last month, I've done 21 interviews because I was like, what the freak else am I going to do, right? Got to be productive and have some fun. So let's hit on that. Let's dive right into this. Kate. Okay, sure. We, this is a group of uh, primarily, these are all young professionals. So we have a mix of people who are in school. They have a year left. They're just getting out right now. Awesome. And people who have been in the marketplace for anywhere from one to two years to my brother's the old, the, he's the alpha of the group. He's been in real estate now for eight years. So he's in the group as well. We have a big range of young people. Um, Talk about, if you don't mind, I just want to throw it at you. Give me your story. Give me your upbringing, where you're at. Give me a little bit. Who is Kate McKay and uh, how'd you get to where you are today? God, in any given day. Well, I usually define myself first off as I am so the classic ADHD. My whole childhood growing up, it was like, Katie, sit down. Katie, stop talking. Like I heard my name so much, you know, and it wasn't a good feel. Okay. Because I never fit in. I was always a little outside the box, way outside the box. (laughs) So, um, so it caused a lot of like distress because I literally felt like, why don't I fit in? You know, what's the matter with me? Right. And I was from a family of nine children. So I'm, I'm from the Midwest too, um, Chicago. Um, now I'm in mass, but so I never fit in. I always felt like a little bit of a misfit and I had a ton of energy. And I grew up in a family where everyone was really heavy partiers and, you know, they were all deadheads and the whole thing. And I just wasn't into like the full like drug situation. So I had to figure out a way out. And basically what happened is my mom shipped, I liked boys. So my mom shipped me off to um, a private high school. Like they didn't have any money, but somehow, some way they scrapped it together for me. I was number six and nine. And so what happened there is all of a sudden I was around freaking amazing women. It was all girls, go figure. And I was all of a sudden surrounded by super freaking talented people. I cannot tell you how bad I was humbled, you guys. Humbled. It was a performing arts school. So what happened is I found theater. I never got A's in my life. Theater was the only thing I ever got A's in. And why? 
because all you had to do was to listen to people. You had to listen and respond to what you hear. And I'm like, well, that's easy. I had to be an intuitive my whole life so I wouldn't get in trouble, right? So that has been fundamental, absolutely, in my success. Showing presence with people, building relationships, building trust, caring more about that person in front of you than you care about yourself. Building a bridge all the time emotionally. Um, so um, anyway, so just after that, I got a full scholarship to Bennington College. I was a token poor kid. And then my family, my life got ripped apart when I was 23, when my brother Matthew, my younger brother, was murdered in 1987 fucked up sorry i swear but it just like it totally took the whole family off right and so from there it was a lot of redefinition and kind of stumbling around um but i always had the itch of the draw i was an athlete and i found weight training at age 20 and i was like damn i like this and so i literally lifted for i'm 56 so i've literally lifted heavy pretty heavy and competed as a bikini and fitness competitor from the age of 43 post three babies to age 55, to up, uh, up to uh, last year. So I don't do that anymore. I hung up my stripper heels, but really what that sport taught me was the self-discipline. Now, listen, I don't function from discipline, aside from the fact that I know what I want and I know how I want to feel. I know what I want to feel. I want to feel when I lay my man pillow on the, uh, my head on the pillow, I freaking affected somebody. Perfect example is today. I spoke at a young a bunch of kids in um, in uh, California, Northern Cal, and they're all it's a, a they're all part of this nonprofit that my girlfriend runs, and it's helping them build the bridge. They have no money, and they're helping them build the bridge from from high school to college. So I talked to this girl today. I'm like, all right, so what's your story? She's she heard me speak and said, can I talk? I said, absolutely, and she started to proceed to tell me that when she was 12 years old. She witnessed the murder of her mother by her own father. I was like, damn, right? Her father's in jail. And so she heard me and she heard my story about what it means to suffer through great loss. And that just, you know, I'm going to throw it all at you guys just so you know, ultimately what it's all about. Two and a half years ago, on top of losing my brother, my son, Will, committed suicide. All right. My, the most loving person you've ever met, 25 years old, took his life up in the mountains. Okay. Buddhist monk, freaking beautiful, talented, could play Chopin. You'd weep. Right. But he, he taught me, um, in such a deep level, how to transmute suffering and challenge to a higher level. So maybe my success before was geared more towards, oh, I got to prove something. I'm not good enough, right? Like, oh, like everyone's going to think I'm nuts. Two, I am here to be a change agent and to affect change and love on people. All of you people in your boxes, you are who I'm here for. I don't really spend, I mean, I care about people my age. It's all chill, but really I'm here to affect change because you guys came in out of the box knowing way more than anyone in my generation. I fully believe that you guys were born into a way level deeper of consciousness and awareness than any people my age. So I would prefer to hang around with you guys any day. But um, so just a quick thing about building companies, right? Cause I'm freaking nuts about it. Um, when I was, uh, I had three young kids, my former husband, um, um, had mental health issues. And so he couldn't keep a job. So he kept, you know, losing jobs, losing jobs, losing jobs. And I owned a gym. I was a gym rat and I owned a gym. I was like, oh, this is too stressful. I got to give it up. 2008, what happens? This is why this story is so important. What happened in 2008? The economy, boom, dropped out. We were in a, you know, we were in a recession. And what happened was I started a gold company. A gold company. Me, I'm Irish. Irish girls don't have any gold. The Italians and the Portuguese girls have a lot of gold. I don't know if any of you guys are Italian or Portuguese, but you guys know how to do it up right. So what I did was I um, decided on a hope and a prayer and on my gut and I, in my intuition to build a gold company that turned out to be a $16 million company out of my house, flipping grilled cheese with one hand, buying and selling gold on the other. 
And why did it work? It worked because I was able to build bridges with people and people trusted me. So this is how it worked. This is nuts, you guys. My accountant and my attorney were like, you're out of your mind. I'm like, nope, I trusted my gut. Number one in this chapter that I wrote, 10 hot tips to attain massive success. I wrote this years ago and I just remembered about that one. Number one, trust your gut. So what I did was, and this is so important, this is a perfect example is that I financed people in their gold business, right? So I took um, my money and my checks signed by me and I taught women how to process gold, how to test it, what care it is and price it out and pay, write people checks. So it was a reverse like Tupperware party or one of those reverse parties where I, instead of us having to sell stuff at a party, we bought it. All right. It was the perfect storm, you guys. Um, and so then what happened then was that every single rep that worked with me, she'd be like, I really want to work with you. And I said, great. Why? And what would she say? They'd tell me my, their pain. My kid's addicted to heroin. My, I, you know, I'm covered in debt. My husband has no idea. My husband lost his job. You know, whatever the reasons were, it was their pain point. And I said, I hear you. I will I will do everything in my power to make sure that you attain success and I will never forget your story. Here's my checkbook. Don't screw me over. Legit. That was the seal. And, and the relationship was built by me listening to what their pain was, listening to their heart, and then committing to that level of um, commitment to my sales reps. And that was ultimately the key to my success. And I grew that again out of my house, you know? And so the reason why I share that story is that is the essence of my success. My, um, you know, two feet on the floor. You guys, I'm stressed out of my mind about what's going on here. But I kept myself flexible and fluid enough so that I could um, attain the success that I have. And I surrounded myself with kick-ass people. And the hardest thing I have to tell you has been relationships for me family relationships. Why? <laughs> because this is the deal. As you grow and become who you came here to be, which is claim your inner bad ass. This is my one that just got bestseller on Amazon. Um, there are going to be people around you that are not going to like who you are becoming. Nope, they will not. Why? Because they want you to stay the same. They are not your cheerleaders, your boyfriends, your girlfriend, your parents. They want you to be safe and secure is their usual number one priority. So if you're here to be a badass or a warrior, what do you have to do in order to ensure that that's going to happen? Who needs to be around you? Where do you need to play? And how do you get out of your own way to live into your greatness? And those are, you know, I'll be happy to answer any questions. I mean, that's pretty much a beginning um, or any, you know, I usually don't actually talk about myself as a coach. I'm always talking to other people and instilling conversation. So hopefully that wasn't too fragmented, but I'll be happy to answer any questions that you have. I think that was terrific because I learned a ton there and, and I'm supposed to be the person that knows who you are and <laughs> coming into this. Let me, let me just uh, real quick transition onto your, your daily, your day to day right now. So I know you're, you're in coaching is the, is your business, your goal business, is that still, uh, that's, is that still your breadwinner day to day that you're still No, not at all. No. So I ran that business when gold went from 700 to 1900. And then all the people that we bought gold from, which was blue collar, um, they ran out of gold. So it's not like lip, you know, we're not selling lipstick. We're buying what's in people's jewelry boxes. My, my thought is that gold is going to skyrocket. And I will be back in the business of buying gold, but it's going to be a different, it's going to be a little more middle upper class people because those people thought I'm not going to sell my gold cash for gold plush, you know, pshaw, you know, even my own family, honestly, Aaron, um, they were like, what's Katie doing? Cause before, like in the, you know, 10 years ago, cash for gold was like, oh my God, you know, that was just for like losers, you know, like I was on, you know, like TV or something. They didn't understand the concept. My family, they're like all like, you know, wicked PC. All of a sudden they hear it on NPR and there my dad was like, oh, so Katie, tell me about your gold business. You know, I'm like, oh, you snobs. <laughs> so trust your gut. People aren't always going to be on your chain. If you need somebody to kick your ass and tell you to get up and go, you're going to call me. <laughs> I love that. So, um, and you're. Yes, I'm going to go back. Oh, in I, my I, old business. 
I have a, I have a question on coaching. Cause I know that's yep. what you, you, you seem to be, that's what you live for is your ability to coach and that in what you love to do. Um, I've always thought that one of the three key attributes of somebody who's going to be a high performer is the ability to be coached, right? We call it coachability. Have to be. As a coach, what do you look for? And like, if you're meeting a potential person that you're going to work with, what do you look for? Like, what are you looking for in that person? Is there something you're looking for to see if they are coachable? And a follow-up to that is what does it mean to be a coach? Yeah, that's a great question, Aaron. So what I would say to you is that it doesn't matter if you're a coach, a CEO, a mom, a dad, a best friend, a lover, that what it is is about tuning in to what they're saying underneath their words. <laughs> because that's really the essence of coaching. I don't know why, but I'll like go out someplace and I'll just be standing there. And all of a sudden people are telling me everything. It's just by nature that I have an open heart, that I have a presence. And I don't know why, because I don't know if I would tell me all the things people tell me, <laughs> but I'm trusted. So I come across and people trust me. But I think that yes, in essence, the people who you are going to attract are the people that you want to play with. So who are those people you want to play with? I want to play with heart-centered, heart-centered spiritual badasses and warriors that are ready to game change. Ready to game change. And even if you have a nucleus, you have a little teeny mustard seed, I'm going to get right in there and get it out, right? Because I think people are going to migrate around you who want a little bit of your secret sauce. So that's why it's so important that you guys define your secret sauce and don't be afraid of it like I was. I was a total pussy in my 20s. I was like, oh, you know, I was like a relationship junkie. And I just was like, oh, guys are great. And, you know, but that took me off my A game, made me play small. So now, you know, after losing my kid, then I realized there's no freaking way I can be out of integrity, that I have to go all out with this. So, you know, I think that, you know, one of the questions you asked me, Aaron, is how I structure my day. And basically the number one thing is just to get, create your daily habits. I, I, that's not negotiable for me. I have a spiritual practice. I have a, a system because I am honestly, I'm not really actually that disciplined. I'm an achiever in the strength finder, which is like every single day is a new day. But as far as discipline, I work oh, against the grain to get that done. Against the, it's really tough for me guys. So actually, real, real quick, before I, I want to open it up to everyone else to ask questions too, I want to drive in on that because when we were at, um, I wouldn't call it a conference, but when we with the accelerator group, when we were meeting in Los Angeles a couple months ago, every single day when we ended and guys, this was like 8am to, you know, six or whenever yeah. we wrapped up. It was like, we're all going out to restaurant. We're in downtown Los Angeles. I mean, this is like, we're in the Wells Fargo Tower, whatever it is. We're all going out to dinner, whatever it is. We got another early morning. And, and I don't think I saw you at a single dinner until the very last one, because you were running to Planet Fitness. <laughs> that was like two blocks over every single day, right after uh, we yeah, wrapped yeah. our meeting. So when you say that you don't strike, you're not that disciplined of a person, what does discipline mean to you? And how do you well, create- discipl I'm disciplined around my- uh, my, my, um, what I realize is that my secret sauce is my, um, my ability, my hyper-focus ability. And that the benefit of ADHD is that you have the ability to hyper-focus. I could process gold for five hours straight and never get up off the chair. Hyper-focus, wicked good at that. But my father said this to me, and I'm built just like my old man. He said to me, Katie, I, you're responsible, your self image is going to be reflected. So your body image is your body image and you can set that. And I tell my daughter the same thing, how you want people to perceive you is up to you. It's not up to them. Why do we let other people define us who we are? I did, you know? And so my daughter, when she went off to college, I'm like, figure out who you want to be because you didn't like who you were in high school. Now's your time for reinvention. Go at it. How do you want people to feel when you walk away? I think that's a very important thing to think about. How do you want people to feel when you walk away? How they interpret you is really none of your business, but you are in charge of how you want to come across to people and live into that powerful and unique image. I love that. I, uh, I, I, I want to build on that because Dana brings up a question that I'm going to have her ask in like two seconds because you brought up a great point about uh, not so much outgrowing friends, but going in different directions as they age, especially this group. 
Yeah. I mean, one thing I've realized just like getting out of high school to where I'm at now has only been five years, but it's like, it's like, whoa, I just realized like how far, like we are not getting anywhere closer to what high school was like in terms of like the relationships I had, like it's only going to get further and further away as I keep progressing in my life. I want Dana to ask this question. She put a great one in the chat. Dana, you want to throw it at Kate? Dana? Yeah, it's actually kind of um, similar to one he already asked. I was, I sent it right as he asked it. But um, basically what, when you're kind of building that network of what you call cheerleaders around you, what would you say is like what you're looking for in those people mm. and like qualities and also what are qualities that are kind of red flags to you to like mm. kind of steer away from those people That's and an not awesome question so one of my um it's one of my coaching modules but it's one of the hot tips in here and that's um pull together a kick butt success team and really what i call it is the board of directors so you are a ceo dana of your life you are the boss in charge so you have to start imagining what's that chair like how are you sitting and then view the table who are you going to invite around the table now guarantee because most of us do there are a couple of people sitting at the table that really don't belong there right they're like they're not your cheerleader they don't want what's best for you and yet you give them a lot of credence you allow them to kind of take up space real estate so i love it because i like for me i have my best friend i got my attorney my accountant my coach you know i you know my dad used to be out before he passed right so you're in charge you can have a couple empty chairs and you can hold it in affirmation of who you want to play in those chairs but thinking about the qualities that you really admire in people are often the ones that maybe you're aspiring to and then you want to have more of that around so trust your gut you know what that feels like to be around that person and if you feel at all that they want to diminish you say oh my gosh perfect example role play it hey dana you know i don't really think that's a good idea that business that you want to do let's go out and go party and do something else come on let's go do it and you love them you want to hang out with them but then you feel like oh man you could say listen i that sounds like a blast i'm super committed to this idea i'm really excited about it and i'll join with you next time so you have to get really good at saying no to the noise around you i wanted to go out to eat and hang out with everybody but at the same time i wasn't going to be righted until i got that workout in you know and i'm not even like insane but it's like being by myself in sanctuary it's a sanctuary my body is my sanctuary and if i get into that zone where in your life are you do you have that zone no one taught me that right not at all and I had to learn it on my own. Love this. I love this. Sure. Do you want to ask, uh, uh, you want to ask your question about when Kate was running, running her gym before 2008? Yeah, of course. Um, I asked this question because I myself, Kate, eventually I want to start my own gym, um, or open up my own gym and run my own business that okay. way. So I was really curious about, um, what specifically about the gym industry was uh, kind of the most stressful part there for you? Because you said like it, was, it got really stressful for you at times. Just because I was so damn busy. So if you're working on the one-on-one -on -one model, it's a lot. You know, it's a lot. So you want to be able to, you know, come up with other revenue streams. I love one-on-one -on -one coaching. I love one-on-one, -on -one, um, you know, training, coaching. All of it one-on-one -on -one is my juice because I love to touch other people's souls. But coming up with a model that you can do the one-to-one, -one, but also one-to-many and make sure you, or, you know, because you don't want to just be hung up on one revenue stream, get off the hour to hour, right? So whatever it is, right? It's like right now I'm launching a health and wellness product. I'm partnering up with my girlfriend because I want other ways to play with people. So what other products can you go in that's under your brand? You know, it's like, that's what they, this, what this is about, you know, writing, you know, writing books with people, um, you know? and becoming an expert in health and wellness that field is not going to go away right now embracing health and wealth those are the two gooders right now obviously technology right but this it's all about relationships and i think you're you're on to it i'd be happy to share with you if you want to set up a call and we can just talk it through what you need my gym cost nothing to set up it was perfect and had everything i need so, absolutely yeah, yeah i love that i appreciate it thank you thank you I'm really yeah, awesome. Uh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna take a swing at this one because it's vague and I I, I I can already I'm already worried about how where he's gonna trail with this. But Tyler, you have a question, two questions regarding uh, what was the intuition and habits. You want to take a swing at it, Tyler? Yeah, definitely. Uh, first off, really appreciate you sharing your story. Super super awesome stuff. Um, so really appreciate that. And uh, you always you know you've been talking a lot about your intuition and stuff. Um, and you you know you mentioned how spiritual you are and everything. So I, I really, you know, resonate with that for sure. So I want to know, you know, really how much, you know, credit do you give your intuition to the really significant decisions you've made throughout your life? And if you have, you know, some of these habits, like do you meditate every day? How long have you been doing that for? And if you kind of go into that stuff, I'd really appreciate that. Awesome. Great question. Thank you so much. So again, I wasn't in the habit of um, meditating or praying, but my son at like 20, 20 years old decided he wanted to become a Buddhist monk, right? I was brought up Catholic. Um, so I'm like, well, okay, baby, let's find something. He was in Northern Cal and he was med He could sit and meditate and he was so peaceful, always smiling, right? So I was like, damn, I want a piece of that. I'm lucky if I could get five minutes on my timer, you know? So insight meditation timer is great tool if any of you guys want a really great meditation tool um, because it has a timer and bells and you can have background sounds. So what I did was I created a daily habit checklist and this was a game changer for me. Now there's so many books out there and apps out there that you know they give you them. I had to design that one for me and it had you know meditation for 10 minutes. Um, I light an incense and a candle. It's just my ritual. I do that every day. It gets me in the zone, right? Um, so I create those. One of them was um, organized for 10 minutes because I, you know, I'm like writer, so I have paperwork everywhere. I mean, I would happy to share with you my list. Um, it's just in a, a Google Doc or whatever. And then for a little while, I had to hone it down or add it. I measured my water. How did I sleep? How are my food? These are the things. If I rate them and I do well in those things that everything else in my eat life is easier. It's like that book, Aaron, that we learned about, the one, the one thing. What's the, this is the best question you could ask yourself. What's the one thing, the one thing, that if you took care of it in a day, everything else is not only gonna be easier, but what was the other word, Aaron? Easier or become unnecessary. So really looking at how you structure your time and thinking about, is this one thing that you're gonna do going to be a game changer for you and make everything easier moving forward. You know, I think that's a great point. The other thing about intuition is that I think it was the gift of the ADHD. And I think that I was always, I'm a super nature girl. I'm like in trees and like, you know, I just dig nature. So I think being grounded in the earth is super important. So as much as you can get outside and put your feet on the ground is really important. Cause I think that brings all of us closer to whatever God is to you whatever spirit is to you, mother, or who I don't care, but you got to get grounded and get humbled that we are specks and yet we are magnificent. I like that. Awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Mm, awesome. Great question. Thank you so much. You know, Mitch just put one in and I actually, I, I'm really curious on this one. I'm going to have Mitch ask it. Mitch I, and Kate, I get the same question on this one too in terms of like energy and where that comes from so uh, when a lot of times when i'm on different zoom calls when i'm doing stuff mitch do you want to ask this question of kate because i think this is great <laughs> yeah yeah so you're kind of touching on some of these things a little bit and uh, absolutely love your energy level so what habits do you do daily that keep you in this high energy state and then if you hit a little bit of a slump what do you do to kind of bounce back and get out of that so I am in generally, believe it or not, a very lazy person. <laughs> and why I say that, I write a whole chapter about it in my book. Restoration is everything. If we're in continual catabolic breakdown state, overtraining, overeating, overworking, not sleeping, partying too much, it breaks down our system. So I am a lounger, I lounge. So I have found a good balance between taking it easy and pushing, taking it easy, pushing. I, I kick back on my couch all the time, feet up, reading. So I worked my cycle of energy so that I'm not burnt out. I eat pretty good, you guys. Um, you know, I'm pretty fit for my age, but I love my sweets. So I think that was the reason why I competed actually, because it kept me honest. 
You know, it was like, oh, I got to get ready for a show, Woo! you know? So I created these little borders, like, you know, bumper pool borders around my life because I needed it. No one else was creating them for me. You know what I mean? I was bouncing off the walls my whole life. So I just kind of honed that little high energy stuff. But in general, restoration is so important. You guys make sure you get your rest, your water, your sleep and good eats and nature. <laughs> is that, if I, Kate, just out of curiosity, if you were... I'd say the average age of somebody in this group is probably 22, maybe yeah. 21. What would, what would be the, what would be one, one or two things that you would do if you were our age in this world that we have today, what are either a couple things you would do differently from what you learned and how you practice and lived your life? And what are some things that would apply more to even just today with the access we have to the internet, which is like crazy. And we don't even think anything of it because we're, we're just a part of it. What are a couple things between habits and things that you learned in terms of uh, uh, your actual lifestyle, but also professionally that you would do immediately if you found yourself at 21 in 2020? Just relationships are everything and keep reaching up and out and don't be afraid to say, I don't know. I, I had this really kind of funny story. I was um, getting ready for a bikini show and I'm practicing in front of my coach. Okay. And I'm like doing it in the heels and I'm doing the strutty thing and all that. And I stumbled. I was like, Oh my God, that was terrible. And so she showed me the video and guess what? You couldn't even see my stumble. This was in my head. I thought it was huge and I failed. Right? So, First of all, don't be afraid to fuck up. I fucked up so many times, you guys. I can't, I, I, you know, it brings me up to my favorite quote by Les Brown, who's one of my favorite motivational speakers. If you haven't listened to him, you've got to. He's so awesome. But he said, when life kicks you down and knocks you on your ass, make sure to fall on your back. Because if you can look up, you can get up. And that's just my motto. I'm like, all right, time to get up again. Because I've had massive failures, you guys. A lot. A lot of grief, a lot of loss, and a lot of failures. But I'm always looking up, you know, and thinking about who you can serve every single day. If I'm not serving, I don't feel good about myself. So, I mean, I, I think that's a tough thing to do with the phones. How is that for you guys? being in service is that something that you believe in is it a philosophy do you does it resonate with you i'm curious about you guys what you guys think of that anybody want to throw in on that yeah i, I can definitely chime in i mean if you talk, I, I talk about it all the time me and me and sherv actually have a podcast together and we talk a lot about you know our passion really we talk about how important it is to have a why and mm -hmm. uh whatever it is you do and for us and for myself especially my why, my, my why is, you know, how passionate I am about unlocking the potential in others. So I, I for mm. sure really resonate with everything you've been saying, definitely really relate to it. Um, and it really came from, you know, being able to coach people for the first time and seeing what came from it and what they were able to accomplish and for themselves. Mm. So, you know, seeing them not be confident in themselves at first and then really seeing what they were capable of was something that was really powerful for me. And I think powerful for a lot of people who share like the student painter background and have had that experience for sure. So we really definitely resonate with what you've been saying. So how did you feel, Tyler? What was that feeling for you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's really hard to describe. It's honestly hard to put in words. Um, it's, there's nothing like it, honestly, that, especially at the end of it, you know, when it's all set and done, when, you know, they have accomplished that thing and you really get to see the end result. And I, I don't really know to honestly put it into a, a real word. Like I, I, you said, you know, don't be afraid to say, I don't know. And I really don't have an answer yeah. to how does it yeah. feel? It's just, it's just special. And that's all you can really describe it as. I don't know. Yeah, that's awesome. So just starting to be really conscious, man. Oh, that made me feel blue. The more you can, and it's tougher for dudes because you guys aren't conditioned. And I work with a lot of older guys that are such stiffs and you guys are so lucky because you have different languaging skills than older men. You just do. So it's just like, man, how did I feel? Where did I feel that in my body? Just ask these questions for yourself. Identify the emotion. Cause you know, again, you know, emotion is motion. It's the key to success. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I have a brain, but I function from both of them, you know? Mm -hmm. So just, I think it's just great. I love that. And you, it felt amazing for you to be able to coach those people because you had effect, you know, you saw them and that changes people's lives. Bravo. We awesome. got a, we, we got a few great questions in here. The, the most recent one that actually hits, um, you're, you're, cause you're talking about, uh, the failures, not being afraid to screw things up and making mm -hmm. those mistakes. And you were talking about old men. And my brother has a question about that. 
Chris. <laughs> oh, thanks, Aaron. I appreciate it. Hi, Kate. How are you? Good. How are um, you? Nice to see you. Oh, yeah. Good to be here. You I know? I love you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so I, this is my, you know, this is kind of me personally, but my biggest issue, you know, when shit hits the fan, you know, um, I have a tendency, you know, my first house project, for example, you know, I found out there was like four different people that owned the house. I had to track them all down, go to their house all across Metro Detroit, get them to sign off on stuff. But when I have these massive real estate problems that are just crushing, you know, it affects my entire day. And I have a really hard time getting other things moving because it affects me from going after my other goals and getting things done. So it just, it, it, I, I want to know how you handle that because I have a very hard time with that. So, so, you know, compartmentalizing is key, right? And then that's just really setting your intention for the day. And how do you want to feel? Like, how do you want to feel at the end of your day? You got to well, set the intention. Sure, sure. And you definitely want to feel accomplished for sure. And, you know, I, I agree with you. You got to start the day off right. And you got to have that one thing every day that gets it going. You know, yep. I just tend to get off track, you know. Come right. And, and so like, what do you think that's about? You know, I obsess over things. So, you know, if I've got an issue, if I've got a client going nuts or I've got a house project that's falling apart, I just suck all my energy in there. And I think it might be, um, it could be just an insecurity somewhere. You know, that's, that's honestly what I think it might be, you know, um, it, you know, I don't really know. I, I'd have to really think about it to see what mm -hmm. it is, but it's definitely covering something up for sure. I think that's well, maybe. Yeah. So fear of exposure oftentimes, right? So yeah. are you perfectionist or oh, are you, con are you? hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So that's, work. yeah. So that's often the challenge, right? Cause perfection is often like, I have to do everything. I have to do it right. You probably have responsibility in the strength finder. If you haven't taken that, take that test. It's unbelievable. You guys, any of you have not taken it, you've got to take it. It's put out by Gallup. They're now using it in a lot of the business schools. I've assessed like 250 to 300 of them. Gallup strength finder. We'll get it. You get the guys, the hook. It's like 20 bucks, but literally you only want your top five strengths. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so Chris, so just in regards to that, oftentimes the perfectionism is like, you're anxious about the future, right? So, right. so here's the present moment and then here's the future. Oh shit. Right. We get blown out of our present moment. Guess what happens? Oh shit. Why'd I say that? Why'd I do that? The past depression, right? Present mm -hmm. moment, anxiety, depression, anxiety, depression. We're like this all the time. Right. Right. So the work of a coach is to expand that present moment so you can be present in there. Because guess what happens in the present? Brilliance, peace, love, knowing, everything is in this moment. There's nothing else we can control. So what is the way that we can take that present moment that you're per currently existing in and breathe more space into that so you can be more conscious and less reactive and more proactive? Start with breathing. Okay. You're feeling stressed like that. Three deep belly breaths. Woo, baby. And reset yourself. Breath is everything. You know? Does that make sense to you? Is that helpful? Yeah, it is. It is. It just came to me maybe too, not having so many expectations. I think that might help as well. Right. Just, and so whose expectations are those? Oh, mine. Yeah. <laughs> and do you hear any other voice behind you talking or is it mostly yours? It's mostly mine. Because most guys have a gremlin, you know. No, well, maybe it's, it is the gremlin. It's yeah, probably they have a gremlin. Most dudes have it. I mean, women have it too. They got friggin' <laughs> everything. But most guys have don't be a pussy. You can hear like dudes really have somebody, you know, women mm -hmm. were just like all over the place, but men in general have a voice that you're not good enough. Right. I mean, we all have it. But right. if you just think about what that voice is saying, it's all bullshit. None of it is true. None of that is true. It's all just your way that you're getting yourself in the way because maybe you are afraid of how big you could be. Right. So just yeah. give yourself grace in that you deserve grace. I appreciate that. That's good insight. It's really good insight. So, so Kate, Marissa has like a belly of questions, which are Ask all fantastic. Away. And uh, she put a couple in earlier that were, or okay, she's posted twice. She's got one that's really awesome. She's got follow-up. Marissa, I want you to throw a couple of these at her because I am curious, especially about um, your first thing about what she's done, but also build into your second question too. All right. So do you want me to start with the 
second question or the first question, Aaron? Because they're Any kind of different. You, want. you could do a third question if you'd like. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go with the second one I asked because the first one's kind of like a long-term one. So first of all, thank you, Kate, for your insight and telling your story. I think we can all agree that it was incredibly inspiring. For me, I was listening to you talk about like finding a place to rest and then to go out and be productive and just kill it and do everything that you can to make the best of your time. But I'm like such a go-getter. Aaron knows, obviously. I literally work two jobs. I'm going to school full-time, getting my MBA, and I'm working on a startup business as well, so I'm super busy. But I think I find myself in states where I also like work out to find a place of quiet. Like That's my quiet that I go to. So I made a New Year's resolution back in like 2018. I told myself I was going to work out every single day for an entire year. I did it. I've been going at it for about two and a half years now, six days a week, and it's just, it's been wow. a very like transformative thing for me and I've really enjoyed mm -hmm. it because it's more mental than it is physical. Congratulations. That, thank I get you. that. With that, I think there's like this guilt that goes around with like trying to prioritize your time and being productive while also taking time to like enjoy life and to rest. And I was just curious about what your opinion was of not feeling guilty when you're trying to live in the moment and maybe you want to spend some time with your family, but you also have work to do, but you have to prioritize those things. Right. So do you measure your success? Um, like every single day is a new day and you've got to get it done and you work harder than anyone else. You don't really care what anyone else is doing, or do you measure your success based on how everyone's doing it around you? I think I'm an hour by hour type of person. So I wake up in the morning, I make a list and I'm like somewhere between here I'm going to be getting this stuff done. But and it's your it's, measure. You're not, you're not comparing yourself to somebody else to be a, like. Right. So I live in my own little bubble. Yeah, right. Oh, I can relate to it. So this <laughs> is like, first of all, stop feeling guilty that you work that hard. No, it, it, everyone around you is saying to you, the voice, why do you work so hard? And you have to, you feel actually guilty because people think that you work too hard. Does it bother you that you work that hard? I mean, do you like work? Oh, I love it. Like I you're like happy. actually feeling like you're serving, like what you said, but I also right. feel like it gets to the point where you can burn yourself out. And if you don't go to that place of rest, then you can't be creative and you can't give back to what you right. want to. So the question so is, the, how do you find a balance? <laughs> so I say the first thing is understand you're kicking ass at life and people are going to judge you because you do so much and you don't have to explain what you're doing. So <laughs> I, what I would say is, listen, yeah, I'm writing a book and like I'm doing that. I'll join you later. I'm fine. Like I actually have to tell people I'm chill. Like I'm not working too much. Like I'm fine with what I'm doing. Go have fun. I'll catch up with you. Yeah. Right. Cause you just have to smile and start telling people that the second piece is in regards to the restoration. You need to put that in your schedule that that's as important as everything else. The rest, that. if you want to kick ass, you got to rest. You have to, because guess what? When you're resting, you get brilliant ideas. Why do you think so many ideas happen in the shower, right? That's so true. think of that as a creative time for you to restore and rebirth your brilliance, because that baby needs to percolate and be like, oh, awesome, I get to rest. I get to sit down and read a book for like, who cares if it's 15 minutes, Marissa, right? Even if it's 15 minutes, that's beautiful. You know, honor yourself and make it sacred. Say, I'm going to sit down, I'm breathing in, I'm going to take this 15 minutes and just be me and make it a sacred time for yourself. I think that would be, you know, try that and see how that. that works. Is that helpful? Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of people in this group are definitely like tenacious, go hard, go getter type of people. Yeah. And I myself feel consumed with some sort of guilt when like you take time to rest. Maybe you take a night to go out and hang out with your friends when you really should have been working on your business or should have been doing that. But like so you're you said, shooting I on yourself or shooting yeah. on yourself. Or <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so how is that serving you? Well, I think that it can serve you in both ways. If you're resting, that serves you because that's giving you time to be creative, to come up with new ideas, to rejuvenate, but also when you're working, obviously you're working towards your higher purpose. But how does life. you beating yourself well, up serve you? What are you um, getting from that? By being like the best version of yourself? No, by giving yourself a hard time. Oh, it doesn't. Yeah, right. So there you go. I right. So if you know it's not serving you, then what steps are you going to take in this moment to change it? I think just in general, 
I think just being in the moment and realizing that it's okay to rest and it's okay to work hard when you've decided that that's the time that you're going to be working hard. <laughs> and can you set a ritual for your successes as well? So for example, you just finished a job or some project. Yay me! Celebrate <laughs> yourself. Put an end to the success so that you can reboot because you deserve it. You got to build in your celebration. That's yeah. in my, one of my books. I love you that. You have to party for yourself because other people aren't going to party for you. I love that. No one's going to give you permission to celebrate <laughs> you. You're going to celebrate you. I'll go into my next question because I know Aaron's dying to hear this. So I asked earlier, I was curious, what kind of coaching do you do in particular? And also, what was kind of your breakthrough moment back when your career was first starting, when you figured out how to work for yourself? What was that like? And then just career goals moving forward. I just like shit on you, but have at it. <laughs> no. So, um, so the breakthrough upon breakthrough upon breakthrough, right? Because it's so many levels. We're like a friggin' onion, right? So it's like, there's so many ahas. So just be open to the ahas. Um, you know, again, a lot of it is through my failures. A lot of the, a lot of my, my ahas, I would say is through that, you know? Um, I'm sorry. I don't remember the other piece of that. So first question, what kind of coaching do you do? Oh, yes. I'm sorry about that. So I that's do, okay. you know, it's funny. I do a lot of flash coaching because that's really where I find that I have the biggest value is someone will come to me and with an issue and like, let's go and we solve it and then they can come back to me. So that I really love and love because it's so satisfying and I'm able to affect a lot of change. Um, I, yeah. So I do some that are weekly, some that are, you know, twice a month. And then some people that are like once every quarter. You know, how'd you get and, into coaching? Did you do something? Well, I think it was an extension of my goal business, you know, and I think that the most successful business people are coaches. You just, Definitely. you have to learn the skill of coaching. It's just, it's everything. It's listening and it's asking the how, what, where, and when questions. Why? Definitely. That's therapy. You're going to tell me why, well, I ate all those Oreos because, and those, there was a, I'm like, all right, chill. You ate them. That was yesterday. Now, what are we going to do today? Where are you going to start? When are we going to do that? And how are we going to move you forward into your future? Open your present moment, make a plan for your vision in the future. I hear everybody's drama. I hear the worst, the most <laughs> horrific suffering, but the only way we can get through that present moment is in being able to heal that, to take that in the present moment, heal and forgive yourself and others and then create the vision. It's that's, you know, coaching is here to here, but always some past comes in. I, everything comes out. We wash ourselves clean. We have to, if we want to really be kick-ass, right? So how did you move from like doing this maybe recreationally to like actually turning it into a full on lucrative business of coaching, teaching people what it means to be your highest self, that kind of type of thing? I think it just evolved, honestly. I think it really was mostly stemmed from the gold business because I was coaching yeah. all those women all the time and getting in so many conversations and realized that, wow, I really have a skill at that. And um, I think that was mostly that. Mostly That's that, awesome. just practice and just like knowing what you love to do. And then last question for you. I'm sure everyone's curious. What are your career goals moving forward five years, 10 years down the road? What's it look like for you? You know, I, I made a good amount of money in the gold business. So I'm not, I'm pretty frugal. So, you know, this is funny, you guys, this is what entrepreneurs do. I knew the market was going to shift like a year ago and I put everything into cash and I have this really great condo in Newburyport and I put it on the market yesterday. I got it offer $25,000 over today. <laughs> so this is a perfect example of how you can take advantage of opportunity. I'm going to go live with one of my friends. I don't care. The market's going to adjust. So I figured I might as well take advantage because my I have no mortgage. So I wanted the cash. So there's opportunity everywhere. So, you know, for me, it's just like, I want to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, you know, I've been in real estate. I bought and sold quite a bit of houses. I want some more best-selling books. And I want to be able to write people big fat checks because that is absolutely one of my pleasures to so someone to tell you their dream and me to write them a check, not expecting anything in return. It is the best feeling ever. So that's my, that's my job. So, so Kate, Martha actually, she did hit on this, but I actually, I want to expand on this because I've, I've actually had this conversation with a lot of people in this group, uh, a very entrepreneurial group by nature. Love I remember it. actually talking to like Alex specifically, it's like, she's getting out of school. This was months ago, Alex, not to put you on a, put you on the spot, but it was like, 
you know, it's like, do I want to like be a boss and like, you know, like go actually try to figure out how to be an entrepreneur or, you know, is it, is it okay to try to go figure out something, you know, do different avenues. So it was kind of, I just want to follow up on Marissa's question from earlier. It was like, where was the breakthrough moment where it was, was there a moment where it was like, I can't work for anybody else or, is it like, did, were you born to be an entrepreneur? What are your feelings about, because we just, we, I don't know if you were part of I think of the, I was. Well, I, think, well, I always was, I loved waitressing because it felt so flexible and I was always around people. But I remember I worked, I paid my way through college working for a property management company. My father was a low income housing lobbyist. So by nepotism, I got a uh, job working for a property management company. And I remember one time I had my legs, I'm in a split and I'm filing paperwork, you know, and then she, then my boss came in and she goes, um, <laughs> and I'm like, why is this not appropriate? <laughs> so I think I, I think part of the reason why I felt like such a misfit is because of that, because I was I always felt like I was being inappropriate, but I didn't mean to. So I think that, you know, you guys know if you beat to a different drum. Honestly, I don't think everyone is built for entrepreneurship because it's a bitch. You know, like that's the number one of these like, chat. One of the things in this book is um, what is it? It's one of the steps is like you, you're going to freaking work harder than everybody else. But if you love what you do, who cares? I don't, I could friggin' live in a hovel if I'm doing what I love. I don't care. You know, I'm not too attached. If you really want it, you must work tirelessly to get it. Being tired isn't an excuse when you want to attain massive success. How committed are you? You know, I mean, if you were clients, I'd be like, all right, how committed are you to that? Well, I'm kind of, kind of committed, right? So we'll get to the root of it. What really fires you up? You guys, the truth is this at your age, Go for what pisses you off. Go for what makes you go, oh, that makes me so mad. Or why isn't there a solution? Go where your emotion is, because that's where the money is. You know, I know I brought that up earlier, but my number one goal in the gold business was, and I usually, I usually cry when I tell the story, but I'm not going to today. But I would say, historically, women were getting screwed in the jewelry business, okay? Cash for gold during the Super Bowl in 2007. They made a big ad during the Super Bowl. Come to find out, they were only paying 10 to 17% of gold. Now, who are the people that have gold? That would be women, okay? So women were getting screwed by their jewelers, who they thought was their friend, dentists, because they were taking all the fillings out of people and, you know, cashing them in, and pawn shops and those cash for gold. So a woman's business came in. We blew the lid off of it. I was passionate. Why? Because I can't stand it when people are getting screwed. That makes me furious. So for me to come in and be able to make profit, give profit, and everyone's high five and people are crying, laughing, cash for gold gave me, was only going to give me 50 bucks. I'm writing a check for 500. Legit that much difference. I was happy about sharing the money because I was making good money and having fun. So you got to follow your fun. Kate, you've got, we've got um, six, seven minutes left, which we can hit another question if we have time. But I do want to say we have a couple questions that are kind of similar in the chat, but yeah. uh, do email me before and I'm going to post the link after we have a Facebook group. I'll, I'll post the link and you want to talk about what you're going to do. So if anybody has extended co uh, questions for you, how to, uh, what, what you're going to do for them, because I think it's awesome what you're doing. I'm stoked. So um, you mean the breakthrough call? Yes. Yeah, so you guys, if you want to do a breakthrough call, I'll be happy to do that with you. I'm going to share the link. I just have to add in the times. Um, I shared the link with Aaron, so he'll share it with you. And um, if you guys want to squeeze in a call, um, yeah, just tag me. And if you have any particular questions, you want to have just a little more hashing out some ideas, there's no dumb questions, and we'll have a lot of fun. Again, number one is fun. You guys, if something isn't fun, or if you can't laugh in a day, like legit. You, you gotta find the joy in it. Even in the most greatest amount of suffering, infuse your life with the joy. Because if you don't have that, it's just really a drag, <laughs> you know? It's just not worth it. And then um, if you guys could all um, really be appreciated, if you guys would subscribe to my Survive to Thrive um, uh, podcast, which is launching. I'm just needing my likes and then I'm going to start posting the episodes. And so I interview Aaron and I interview a bunch of really freaking cool people from all walks of life. I actually interviewed the guy that processed all my gold because guess what? He was on my board of directors because I trusted him because I was a woman. I knew nothing about gold, agent in theater, never took a business class. 
never took a business class. I had to withdraw out of economics. Couldn't do it. Um, and he, um, he, I, he, I trusted him. So he was at that board of directors that I was talking about. It's so key that you trust your peeps. I love that concept. Real quick, just to hit on this, with everything that's going on with the COVID-19, everyone's sheltered inside, you seem to be just taking immense action, launching a podcast, everything mm -hmm. that you're doing right now. You want to just talk about that, what went through your, how you process that? Like, you know what? This is a great time to start a podcast. This is a great time to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So picture the swamp, right? You know, Andy's, if you guys are in Florida, you guys know like a swamp. It looks like shit. It doesn't look like anything's happening. Well, where is the most fertile soil? In a swamp, right? Where life is happening right? So be that, right? When everything else, you know, a nuclear holocaust, boom, things blow up. The warriors rise. The warriors take chances. Be the warrior. Be the warrior. Because people need warriors. I need all of you guys because it's past my time. I mean, I'm 56, whatever. I can still inspire people and do these types of things. But I need you and you and you and you all in the little boxes. I need you guys to stand up and rise because you guys have a big, you got, you got dealt. It's not the greatest thing right now. This is not good, but make the choice to rise because people are going to depend on you. I know I want to stay strong because I know that people are going to be lining up behind me, needing protection, aid, everything else. I just know it. So um, I'm committed to making sure I'm that person. Love that. I make really good cookies. So they're going to be really happy that I'm a cookie maker. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a couple more minutes. If you guys want to keep them brief, uh, uh, Kevin, you had an awesome question. Do you have a, is your mic set up? Are you good? Yeah, it wasn't working for a sec there, but I'm back now. Cool. You want to ask the question you threw in the chat? Yeah. Kate, so I want to, you seem like someone that's had a lot of different ideas and I was kind of wondering about what has your selectivity been when pursuing them and how kind of, if you could elaborate on your goal setting within different projects you're working on, um, either simultaneously or whether you space them out, um, I guess, any elaboration on that? Yeah, so I'm like, you know, the, the um, my sons all used to play with those matchboxes. You know, the grader, you know, like a grader on the highway, it just drags and I'm pretty much, I'm like, that's my, that's my, uh, you know, my equipment of choice. Choose your equipment. Some people are bucket loaders. You know, I like to drag all my shit down the, down the road. So I'm pretty much like one day, if I'm feeling like I want to talk to people, I'll do like interview. The next day I want to write. I'm also getting my master's right now in transpersonal psych. So, um, so I have like, oh, I'm dragging a lot of things down the road. You know, and I lose some things. Thank God I have a good assistant, right? But I think it's just like, figure your strategy. What works best for you? Some people are, you know, project-based and I want one thing down. That's a personality trait. I totally respect that. I'm not like that. I can kind of have a bunch of things kind of moving along because they're all sort of tied in together, you know? Alex, can you ask me? Um, I just want to say hi to my girls. Hi, Alex. Do you have any questions? Sometimes the girls are quiet. Me? You. Yeah, hi. Um, I guess I could ask about intuition. So I feel personally I have a lot of trouble making a decision and coming to a big commitment, taking that leap. And everyone's like, just follow your gut, follow your intuition. I'm like, well, I don't hear it. I don't know. I'm always like, someone tell me what to do. It's so like, how oh, to, is anyone there? Yeah, yeah exactly. What is, a, what is a good sign or how to tune into that? So are you an introvert? I'm, I'm right in between, I'd say. Introvert. Yeah, you're an introvert. Right now, I am really thriving this, this social distancing thing, though. <laughs> you are. You're digging it. Awesome. Are you being yeah. super creative? I am. I actually started a, a food Instagram page today. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So your challenge is that sometimes it's hard to key into what really is true for you. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I, a bit of a renaissance woman where I have so many different interests and things, and I can't pick one to hone into because I'm just dabbling in too many things at once. So you're in the strength finder, finder probably at input. So inputs just love information. They can't take in enough information, input or a learner. So the goal for you is to find out ways to output, okay. you know, in ways that are really good. So you store so much information, but what's a methodology that you're going to use to get that information out? My suggestion is you get yourself an accountability partner 
set your goals daily and weekly and commit to that person. Great advice. It's actually what I'm doing with working out right now. That's the way to go. You need an accountability partner, Alex. That's your ticket to success, whether it's a coach, a mentor, or accountability. You need to say your goals out loud and stick with it. And I think you're not going to have, I don't think discipline's a problem at all. I think you just need to hear yourself say it out loud. Definitely. Thank you. I think that works. Is that helpful? Yeah, it's what's worked in the past. Oh, sorry, my uh, laundry. No, no worries. <laughs> We're good. Keep me posted yeah. how you're doing. I think you got that. Thank Good you. Good job. I thought that was like the buzzer at 6.30 to tell us that we're out of time. So that absolutely <laughs> we're was done. Perfect. I was like somebody's. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Get After It podcast. Like I said, it wasn't like a regular episode. I really hope you got something out of it. I really appreciate you guys. Until next time. Thanks.